A reading from 1 Kings. David slept with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. The time that David reigned over Israel was 40 years. He reigned seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his kingdom was firmly established. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David. Only he sacrificed and offered incense at the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the principal high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I, I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind, to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches, or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor all your life. No other king shall compare with you. If you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your life. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. Be careful then how you live not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord. Jesus Christ. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to 
Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said to the crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The people then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. A few years ago, right after the breaking of the bread in the Eucharist, we were singing here at Church of Our Savior, whoever eats this bread will live forever, using a lovely musical setting by Eric Law, who is a mentor of mine. A longtime member of this parish came up to me after we'd done it for a few weeks, and he said, why on earth are we singing that? He said, it's pagan. And I blinked, and I said, it's the Gospel of John. But the more I think about it, the more I realize he's right. Whoever eats this bread will live forever in the context of Jesus saying, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. You must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. If you're not quite scandalized by that language because it's so familiar, try this on for size. The Greek is even more visceral. Jesus doesn't say just eat my flesh. He says gnaw on my flesh. Chew on my flesh. Translators couldn't quite take it, so they softened it as they brought it into English. And if you think that just scandalizes us, it also scandalized people in the first century because one of the earliest things that elite Romans thought of Christians was that we were cannibals. You think they had the right to do that? Probably. Probably. Listen to what we say. Listen to what we read. So today, John and Jesus 
draw us into a paradox right at the heart of our Christian practice when we come forward for communion, something we have been doing for thousands of years. Most of us who were raised in the faith do it almost without thinking. And we even talk about a hunger and a desire we might have for that ritualized act of taking in something that we call more than bread and more than wine. It's crazy at one level because we are all supposed to be more sophisticated than our most ancient ancestors who lived in a world where human sacrifice was made to the gods and where warring kings would sometimes literally eat their enemies. That was a way of taking in their power and strength. Thank God we don't do that anymore, right? But the deeper scandal is to draw us into the recognition that we are all still eating and consuming. And this is a recognition that goes back to our spiritual ancestors from the very beginning. After all, what is the first sin in the Garden of Eden? Eating the forbidden fruit, right? What is it that we have been hearing about over the past several weeks as we've been reading from 2 Samuel and 1 Kings now today? We've been hearing about the story of King David And kings don't just eat forbidden fruit, they devour whole countries and gather and consume wealth and gather and consume other things that I can't talk about because it would be X-rated and there are children in the room, right? But listen to the children. Just over the past 24 hours, they have taught me more about today's gospel than just about anything else. Just between services today, my daughter was sitting in the office, and she loves practicing her letters these days. And She was saying, Dad, how do I spell ice cream? Dad, how do I spell delicious? How do I spell good? And in 20 minutes, she produced this colorful book, which she handed me, and it said, Ice cream. Ice cream is so delicious. Ice cream is good, great ice cream. Oh, so, 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 so good. Ice cream, ice cream. Or take the 10-month-old who was in our courtyard yesterday as we dedicated a memorial. A precocious 10-year-old who was already walking, got away from his mother, sat down on one of the carpets right outside the door there, started to feel the carpet, because it's an interesting texture, started to smell the carpet, and then began to taste the carpet, which point his mother intervened. This is very basic human nature. And we have all kinds of ways we make it sophisticated, but the reality that our spiritual ancestors knew and that economists and marketers know today is that we are at the core, always consuming. We eat all the time. We chew on things all the time. Even if it is with our eyes or with our ears or with our sensory perception. 
or what we chew on in our hearts, in our emotional lives. It could be worry. It could be good things. It could be bad things. The New Zealand Book of Common Prayer captures it so beautifully in their night prayer when they translate one of the Psalms that says, It is in vain that we rise early and go to sleep late and so eat the bread of anxiety. We are always eating, even if it's information, learning, education, texts, eating, eating. Chewing, gnawing. This is the reality that Jesus wants us to see of our lives, not because he wants to condemn it, but for the same reason that Paul writes to the Ephesians today about making most of the time because the days are evil. We look around us and we see a world that is constantly devouring itself. A world that we often participate in. A world where we devour natural resources. A world in which we devour each other often. Think about how the economy works even today. And so the Romans, when they criticized our ancestors for being cannibals, were really all washed up. Because in ancient Roman society, people got devoured all of the time, including all of the lands that their armies were out conquering, bringing the wealth back to Rome. This is an old human problem. But Jesus also wants us to understand, as Jesus knows, That if we don't eat, we don't breathe, we don't drink, we die. It's that simple. It's that basic. It's that intrinsic to who we are as human beings, made in the image of God, no less. So what then does Paul mean about making the most of the time and talks about that in the context of evil days? Perhaps a better translation of the Greek would be redeem the time. Redeem the time. And then Paul points to the same reality that Solomon points to, the same reality that Jesus is pointing to. Solomon probably knew the pattern of his father's life too well. He was, after all, the son of Bathsheba, and he probably was aware of the things that David consumed in his lifetime, including violence and great pain in the heart of the family, which we have heard about now for so many Sundays. We're almost like, will you change the channel, please? I'm tired of this soap opera, right? 
right? Solomon knew that it was the pattern of kings to desire and devour other nations, other peoples, to eat violence and to chew on the bones of power. So when God comes to Solomon at Gibeon and says, what do you desire? What do you want from me? Solomon asks for something that David didn't ask for. Solomon asks for wisdom. God sees that as a good thing and endows Solomon with a greatness that still lives even today, almost 3,000 years later. That sense in which the good things have to be put first when it comes to our consuming. Paul is intending this in the letter to the Ephesians. You know? Eat of the good things. Wisdom. The Spirit of God. Don't just get drunk on the bad and everyday things. We all do that. We all do that. Which is why some say we all need to be in a 12-step program, really. And then Jesus finally brings us to this place where he says, you must chew on the things that give you life. Which is why anyone who talks about meditating on scripture often will employ the language of chewing. Chewing. Or that great phrase that comes out of our tradition of Anglicanism, read, mark, and inwardly digest. To consume and chew on and eat the word of God. And the word of God is not just scripture, but the teachings and the presence of our Savior. If we don't do that, Paul knows and Jesus knows, we will, as Paul writes elsewhere in scripture, bite and devour one another. We will eat something to survive. So God comes among us and says, eat of me. Eat of me. Because I am the giver of life. And that is what we are called to do. So that we can be about the business of redeeming the time. More than that, we can eat of the one who has come as life for the world.
Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.